Welcome to the Health Leaders Podcast, the place for peer-sourced and solution-focused insights for healthcare executives, with new episodes airing every Tuesday. I'm Jasmine Ray, and I'm the Revenue Cycle Editor for Health Leaders. Today, I'm here to chat with James Rohrbaugh, Chief Financial Officer and Treasurer of Allegheny Health Network, about the network's recent efforts to help patients understand healthcare costs and simplify the billing experience for patients through revenue cycle technology. This episode is sponsored by Walters Kluwer Health, bringing you up to date, the premier source for clinical information and treatment recommendations used by more than 2 million total users worldwide. Medical knowledge doubles every 73 days, causing cognitive overload and burnout among health professionals who are striving to treat patients effectively. Give your team's clinical answers directly at the point of care. Visit go.uptodate.com forward slash health leaders podcast to learn more. James, thank you so much for joining us today. Of course, happy to be with you. So if you could give us a little bit of background on uh, Allegheny Health Network. Allegheny Health Network is located in Western Pennsylvania. Uh, we have four and a half billion dollars in annual revenues. We have 14 hospitals, um, including four neighborhood hospitals that are part of a joint venture. Um, we have over 270 locations, um, 21,000 employees. We have 2,600 employed and affiliated physicians, 2,400 hospital beds, we have four teaching hospitals, and we're part of Highmark Health, which is a $23 billion health services company, including Highmark Blue Cross Blue Shield, um, includes Allegheny Health Network, of course, and a number of other diversified healthcare businesses. Within all these organizations, what gaps did you see that made you want to implement change? Or rather, what was the driving force? You know, our, our mission as an organization um, is to create a remarkable health experience and freeing people to be their very best. And, you know, one of the things we've found is that we've identified various points of friction and complexity for patients um, and Timework Health members where improvement would benefit the goals of both the provider and the payer. You know, one of the things that's clear to us is that, you know, patients want to understand healthcare costs. Um, you know, we're in a time where patients are sharing in larger portions of the healthcare bill. And when patients um, and consumers don't trust the billing process and can't understand their health plan benefits, then the result for that consumer is a frustrating and stressful experience for everyone and disengagement from the healthcare system. And a lot of times this happens at patient, patients' um, most vulnerable times. And so, you know, it was clear to us that the, the patient billing process is broken and that providers and payers alone um, can't solve the systematic challenges of uncoordinated bills and EOBs, fragmented communications, um, and then oftentimes a kind of one size fits all experience. And, you know, we we understand that there are many partners in the process that we needed to find a way to bring together. Um, and so, you know, that was that was the goal um, of, of trying to address, address these processes. So the particular tool that the Net Health Network ended up choosing, what do you feel made it a good fit? Yeah, we were we were looking for a solution that allowed us to work differently than you know than, than maybe than we worked in the past. Um, we felt like it was really really important so that um, you know we created you know kind of a transparent and seamless process um, that allowed our patients to clearly understood understand what they owe and you know we want to make sure that they understand the patient re- responsibility estimate and they understand from both the payer and the provider um, here's the amount that they owe. 
Um, oftentimes, we're, we, we put the patient in the middle between the two. And so we want to make sure that they aren't stuck in the middle. Instead, that we're you know, having coordinated communications for those, those folks that are both a Highmark member and an Allegheny Health Network patient. We also want to give patients more control in the process. You know, we want to pay patients to be able to, to choose their payment plan. Um, of course, that's within set parameters. Um, but we also want them to be able to control how they communicate with us. For, for patients that um, have HSA accounts, we want to make sure that, you know, we align their savings through HSA with their payment plan. And then the, the last part of it is the other thing that we really that was important to us was making sure that um, we have analytics to understand what drives the payment of patient responsibility, you know, what the experience that our patients are having with the payment process is. And we wanted to hopefully reduce some of the friction around the engagement that oftentimes patients have with call centers and digital platforms. What are some other strategies or even just different types of technology that you all used in the past and why did they not pan out? Traditionally, um, you know, we and, and most other providers um, utilize the, the technologies that are embedded inside their, um, you know, their, their patient accounting systems. And unfortunately, I'd say the, the one thing that um, the one conclusion we've come to and that um, I think we've, you know, it's been an important part of this process for us is that those systems aren't um, curated for, for customer preference. And so, you know, I think when we think about healthcare, we've probably been far behind the curve across all industries. It adopting technologies that drive um, customer preference. So, you know, we want to make sure that customers are choosing how they want us to communicate with them, when do they can be when we be communicated with, and to control some of the process so that they get the information that they want when they need it. And in healthcare, um, oftentimes in the past, that's not been what we've done. And unfortunately, the systems that we traditionally use in healthcare that are embedded in our patient accounting systems don't, don't accomplish these objectives. And so, you know, our goal at the end of the day was to, you know, the differentiator was we want to make sure we're meeting our customer where they're at. So could you walk us through the process of implementing the new tool? So like who is involved in the decision making and why? Yeah, certainly. So, you know, I think that I guess a couple of things. One is we were looking for a tool that we would use with all of our patients. So we were also looking for a tool that allowed us to do uh, to do different things with um patients that were Allegheny Health Network patients and Highmark Health uh, or Highmark um, members on the on the payer side. So we're looking for, we looked for, um, you know, a tool where it was able to do both. Um, and the process around that, the, the decision-making process was really, um, you know, because 50% of our patients come from our own health plan at Highmark, um, you know, one of the things we wanted Highmark to be at the table is to say, all right, how can we collaborate and provide the payer and provider information in a seamless experience? So they were certainly an important part of the discussions around this. We also, of course, brought together, um, you know, multiple areas of the organization. I think, you know, clearly when we're talking about um, patient communications, patient information, um, you know, we need information technology. We also needed the revenue cycle folks, finance folks, like I said, we also include some folks from the health plan related to health plan membership and communicating with that membership. So it was a cross section of people from across the organization that participated in the decision making process. Um, you know, and it, it was really it brought everybody together to solve this problem collectively. I think oftentimes in healthcare and the provide and the provider system, um, you know, we're trying to solve the problem just from the vantage point of the provider and we're not, you know, we don't do a good job at bringing all the parties to the table. And so, um, you know, again, part of this process was not just the health plan piece, but the other thing I would say is that we're also looking at when we think about the implementation around this, 
we're also looking at, you know, how can we provide that same experience with um, our other partner? So oftentimes in a provider system, for example, at AHN, we have we have a company that provides our emergency room physicians. And so there's they, they have their own billing system. We've got laboratory partners. Um, we've got a partner for our neighborhood hospitals. And so we also wanted to make sure those parties were engaged in the process so that as we move forward um, and we look at continuing to improve the billing process, information from those other uh, partners of AHN was included in, in the billing process. So, um, and then we also, we worked hard through the implementation process um, to align on a set of priority areas that we felt like were important for the organizations to solve together collectively. So, you know, it was the financial experience, um, also looking at, you know, just sort of the, the consumer experience, the, the patient satisfaction experience, um, you know, making sure that, again, um, you know, when we were communicating with that patient that we ultimately you know, could be communicating through this process in a way that was more seamless, that wasn't fragmented between um, the different partners in the process. And so that was an important part of um, implementing a tool. We went through a process where we picked a pilot group of uh, patients to begin utilizing the tool with. So we pushed the, we pushed the tool out uh, to that pilot group, and then we measured the results from that pilot group to make sure that we understood what was working, not working, what their satisfaction with it was, and then we tweaked it accordingly to make sure that it was meeting our objectives. Uh, one of the things that I think was, was critical to our success and continues to be cr critical to success is ongoing measurement of the progress that we're making and the outcomes from utilization of the tool around collections, calls to our call center. We see a drop in the request for itemized bills. Um, you know, what are the things that, you know, we, we identify a set of KPIs that we felt like were important to measure, to measure our progress along the way. What do you feel is unique about this new tool or the processes involved compared to other organizations and technologies that they might use? Yeah, I think it would start. I think the fir the first thing that's the most unique, and I I think that again, this is an area in healthcare where we've been behind the curve, has really been on um, the customer preference component of this, in terms of um, you know letting the customer again choose how we communicate, whether we communicate via email, whether we communicate via text message, whether we send out, whether we communicate via just regular mail. Um, so I think the communication part was a critical part of it. Um, the other part of it is the fact that we were integrating the the patient's claims data, along with the explanation of benefits data when it was a Highmark member with the payment payment and clinical information from Allegheny Health Network, um, you know, with the insurance information so that they had a simplified financial experience. You know, we all have had experiences where you're trying to take an EOB from a payer and you're trying to compare that to a bill that you're getting from the provider. And most of the time you can't reconcile the two. So we're doing that reconciliation process for our patients. Um, we're also, um, the other thing that um, is unique is that, um, you know, we show them how much of the cost their health plan covers as part of that, as I'm talking about the EOB, um, and, the, and how much the patient's responsible for. In addition to things with, with the Highmark membership, um, like progress towards their deductible, progress towards out-of-pocket maximums, um, and then FSA or HSA balances. Um, and so, um, you know, they're the the patient's able to to click to pay via email or via text message, um, and then there's a co consumer friendly portal that gives them kind of a comprehensive set of payment options and self service tools um, to kind of meet 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 their needs. Um, you know, they can make payments through the platform or they can choose a payment plan, um, and then we also um, have a call center coupled up with that process to answer any questions that folks have. 
So, of course, right now, budgets are tight and CFOs need to be really strategic when making any sort of investment, even if it is new technology. So because cost efficiency is so important, how do you think your organization was able to ensure a positive return on investment when implementing the new tool? In the challenging period of time we're in, um, these relate. one of the things that's really important to these relationships is entering into a relationship with shared risk around the results. So um, I talked earlier about kind of tracking, tracking results, and I feel like tracking results is a critical part of this, but also building a contract with your vendor partner um, that where both of you share in the in, in the success or or even the downside of um, downside of the results. And so, you know, I think the most important part today to pay for a technology investment is to try to find those areas where you can find a partner um, that, is, that is at risk with you in the results you have from the from the implementation. And so I think that's a critical part of it. Um, you know, ongoing tracking of, of the KPIs that you know will drive um, v- value and financial is a, criti- a critical part of that, of course, for returning investment. But that, I would also say having operational metrics as well, because you know, we need to balance the financial metrics with making sure that the patient engagement, patient satisfaction um, is, is equally important. Um, because in, in the absence of that, it can certainly it can cert- certainly create situations where you know people don't want to access care. Um, you know, if we're creating stress around the financial um, around the fa- financial responsibility portion of the their um, care experience. Um, and then lastly, I would just say, you know, I think um, and you know, I think again, a key to success is always tracking results and reviewing them on a regular interval. We re- review the results every month, um, and we review them with not just ourselves, but we also review them with the vendor partner, um, so that everyone is, you know, un- everyone understands what's working, what's not working, and what we need to do to continue to improve our performance going forward. So, with tracking those results, um, what positive outcomes? Have you noticed? We've been um, pleased with the results so far. We've we've seen a boost in patient payments, which has been really really important. And getting back to you know sort of in this challenging time where it's hard to to find the dollars to make um, to make investments at times. Um, you know it was really important to make sure that we were getting a return from you know imp- improved collection of patient responsibility. We've seen we've definitely seen that. Um, we've seen a significant lift in the utilization of. Um, HSA and FSA accounts, and um, that, that's interesting because it recently um, I read about a study where um, you know there's over a hundred billion dollars in assets across 33 million HSA accounts. So many people have money saved up for medical expenses, but they're not necessarily accessing them for care. And so um, you know we've seen a lift in the, the utilization of those accounts. That's really really important. Uh, we've also seen a reduction in uh, calls to our call center. And we've also seen a significant, you know, improvement in patient satisfaction around the billing process. I, I, you know, during most of my career, I think I would say that, you know, I never heard anyone talk about that they were satisfied with the the process of paying their patient responsibility um, through the tool as part of the payment process. Um, you know, there there is a um, kind of a follow up survey that occurs, and we've seen very high results around, um, you know, folks' satisfaction with the process, which I think, you know which is not something I typically have seen in the past related to anything related to billing air collection. So certainly that has been very, very encouraging. So what are a few lessons learned or keys to success that you could share with other organizations looking to adopt similar technology? 
Certainly. I think, you know, when I when I think about you know, sort of where we're at as an industry, the status quo is not good enough. You know, we're in an unprecedented time where we need to think innovatively and differently um, to drive different financial outcomes and a different experience. And so um, the things that I, th- I felt like were um, you know, really, really important around our, around our process um, in terms of helping drive success has been at the top of the list is partnership. And I would say that partnership is important, um, you know, with both vendors and payers. Um, you know, I think from the vendor side, I think finding vendors that bring expertise and shared interests to the table. Um, you know, I talked a little bit, I talked a little bit about consumer preference. Um, you know, in this case for us, finding a vendor that understood consumer preference um, you know, and understood it in other industries as well as the healthcare industry um, was really, really important to our success. Um, so I think, you know, finding the right vendor partner was important. I also think, you know, you know, in, in the era that we're in, we've got to find ways to work differently between payers and providers. We oftentimes are at, at you know, it, it, in opposing positions around the delivery of healthcare. And I think, you know, one of the keys to our success in the future is to find ways to work differently together. Um, and I do believe there are areas we can find shared interest in in improving processes where, especially those areas where we can remove some of the administrative burden that's being created on both the payer side and the provider side around these processes. So I think, you know, partnership was at the top of the list. Secondly, I would say contracts, a contract with a K, with KPIs that, you know, where both parties are incentivized to achieve the results. And so, you know, a contract that, you know, is really the success of it's measured by the results and where both both parties, the vendor and the the provider, in this case, both share in the improvement that seen from the process, I think is critical. And I think, you know, when you've got that shared interest, I think, you know, it's it's hard not to be successful or hard not for everyone to do everything they need to do to be successful. So I would say that would be my my um, sort of second important takeaway. The third one is, is just you know, I think regular cadence around reviewing the results between the vendor and the and the provider. You know, what, what are we learning? What could be done differently to improve? Um, we use a, a monthly cadence of meetings where we look at the analytics from the process and we say, all right, you know, what's working well? What's not working well? What can we change? What can we do differently going forward? And we've seen progressive improvement as a result of that um, process. And so I think the partnership the, the structure of the contract and then regular review results to me are, are three critical components um, to success um, with this project. And quite frankly, they apply to probably just about every other project that, you know, the, that we work on in the, in the provider space. Thank you for joining us today, James. Thank you. That brings us to the end of our show. Thank you for listening to the Health Leaders Podcast. We'll be back next Tuesday with more healthcare industry insights.